Hi, I'm Autumn. And I'm Bethany. And we are A to B Podcast, working on getting from point A to point B through simplicity, organization, and some fun. You know, I can't stop thinking about episode 89. How's Wendy doing? <laughs> Is she out of the bag yet? Or is she still in her cockroach bag? First of all, there were no cockroaches sighted. Second of all, I she's still in the bag. But what I decided I'm going to do, it's on my list now. You know, they say it takes less than two minutes to just do it. Could you, we please pause and you go do this right now? Because no. I have a feeling you're, you're just going to throw her up there next to all the other boxes. You told me that's what I should do. You yes, said, please go do that right now. I should make an Instagram story out of this. I'm going to look at I don't know if that really sounds interesting. I'm going to look up how to clean a Cabbage Patch doll, and I'm going to do it. Just not today. Look at this. See? This is what happens. You put it off, and you put it off. My homework, my journals. Have I gotten through my journal box? No. Because I wanted to start on my journal box after I got through my work journals, my work notebooks. Wait a second. Wait. Have you started on your work notebooks? Yes. Then that is not a bad thing right there. Okay. You've been working on your work notebooks, is that correct? I have not been moving as quickly as I would like to be moving. Okay, so what are you going to do to make yourself move quicker? (laughs) Because it's nice to say I have not been moving that quick. What are you going to do? You mean you want me to actually... Take some action, yeah. Take some action? Here's the thing. We've talked in past podcasts about different strategies that you could use to motivate or get your things done. I think what I need to do is set a specific time that I work on this. Like, I'm going to work on this over coffee in the morning. Okay. I feel like you're waiting for yourself to be motivated. Yes. No, you don't wait for yourself to be motivated. You just do it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Tomorrow over coffee, I will be working on one of my work notebooks. What if you wake up, you pour your coffee, and the last thing you want to do is go through work notebooks tomorrow morning? I'll set a timer and say I have to do it for at least 10 minutes. Okay, now we're talking. Now, <laughs> don't wait. What do you, Say it again. Don't wait for yourself to be motivated. That's what you said. Yes, you can't wait for yourself to be motivated because I personally would never be motivated to go through work notebooks. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> you would just throw them away. No, I would force my, I mean. Yes, she would. No, I have had work notebooks before and I've forced myself to look through them and realized why am I keeping this? <laughs> I'm never going to look through this again. I'm probably going to have the same epiphany. I mean, I have started on the work notebooks. We did get a little bit off topic here because you're going to clean Wendy. You're going to clean her. What if you just take a paper towel, a little bit of soap, and clean her? Why are we Googling how to clean a couch? (laughs) Why aren't you just cleaning her? In episode 89, we talked about sentimental items. And when Autumn was here, I was left with a couple pieces of homework that I have not completed. So Autumn has reminded me, do not wait to be motivated. Just do it. And I need to use our 10-minute strategy to handle these tasks. I will say, in my defense, I have been kind of owning the fact that it's summertime and I've been putting this low on the priority list. But yeah, these are goals that I have. I want to get this done before the fall. I want... My husband was so proud of me. He was so happy he has a cabinet all to himself. So there's another thing to add to my, you can do this for 10 minutes. Imagine how proud he'll be as he sees that container going away. The journal container. The journal container. Okay. I'm still stuck on Wendy. (laughs) Well, today we're talking about a question that we have been asked so often. This is a frequently asked question. 
you know, Bethany, when I tell people that I am a professional organizer, I usually get two different comments. One is, oh, your house must be really clean. And the second one is they start telling me about this person who they really want to get organized, usually a spouse. You say, my house is organized, but it's not clean. Yes, I do say that. Your house is clean. It depends on what day you come by. (laughs) And what do you say to the second? I usually just listen because there's not much I can do to help them get somebody organized. If that's your question, my short answer is you can't. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody has to want to get organized. If ever somebody calls me and is calling for their partner, I tell them that I'm not able to help them because the person who wants to get organized has to be the person that's calling me. So this is why we're talking about this subject today. One is because I have some tips for if you are the person who feels like you really want to help your partner or other people in your family get organized. And Bethany is coming from the person who her partner really wants her to get organized. So she's going to be sharing her point of view. (laughs) We're going to come together and share a few tips on what you can do if you are really wishing that someone in your family was a little bit more organized. If you're feeling like the disorganized person is not you. (laughs) Let's go. Okay, what's the answer, Autumn? See, that's the problem. There's no no real answer. However, we're going to start with if you are feeling really frustrated by somebody else's clutter, the first thing that you need to do is focus on your own clutter first. It's really easy to be like, hey, can you please clean up that area? Can you please straighten up that corner? I want you to stop and just focus on your own stuff. A good place to start would be our 10 minutes for 10 day challenge that we did this spring that walks you through 10 different spaces that you can organize before you start um, nagging somebody else. Our 10 day challenge, you can find that in episode 85. That's day one where we're describing the challenge. Another reason that you want to focus on your own clutter first is because they're able to see the benefits of getting organized through your own either changes in behavior or changes in space. So you're using actions instead of words. (laughs) Well, it's kind of they say if you ask your partner, hey, aren't you going to exercise today? That's probably not going to go over well. But if you are exercising and and then maybe you invite them to come with you. It's possible that like, you know, they're seeing you take these healthy steps and your behavior does influence other people. Yeah. You don't even need to invite them to go with you. You just go out just and do go, it. Just go. Just do it. That's right. You'll be in a great mood when you return. You're like, hey, it's okay if you didn't want to go. That's right. So I want to share my perspective as the person who is being asked, <laughs> nay, nagged to organize if you are the person who is disorganized and your partner is saying hey can you do this can you work on this or hey are you gonna go through these books or hey are you gonna go through those journals or whatever it is I will share that from my perspective I was getting very defensive and I had to stop and say to myself okay you're getting really defensive because you're hearing this as an attack But Eric is saying this because he wants us to have a more comfortable home to live in. I needed to tell myself to like hear it differently. And I also needed to have a conversation with him when I was not feeling defensive and ask him what was really important to him. What were the non-negotiables? So it was really important to me to get past the bickering about the disorganization and to find some common ground. Because I noticed, I'm like, we are bickering 
And it's like the same argument. And it's about stuff being out or about, oh, there's too many books on that shelf or, oh, why don't we do the dishes? You know, it was the same thing. And it's like us working through creating a home together. I think, Autumn, you actually really helped give me some really good perspective on this. And I actually thought about this the other evening when we were bickering about dishes. We've talked about this on the podcast before that I am fine with the dishes soaking overnight. And for Eric, he really wants dishes like out of the sink at night. So in the morning, there are no dishes there. It's a clean kitchen. So I could tell that he was kind of irritated because there were dishes in the sink. And it's not as if he's fussing at me if there's a glass like they had kind of built up. He said, I'll just do them. And I said, no, I said, I'd do them. And he's like, okay, then do them. And I said, I will. (laughs) And so we kind of went back and forth with that a couple times. And then I said, I'm going to do them tomorrow. And he was like, are you serious? Like, just do them tonight. Just get them done. And again, I caught myself being a little defensive. And I paused. And actually, Autumn, I thought of your cookie story. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. So Autumn bakes these amazing cookies every Christmas and she was feeling very overwhelmed with the thought of making all these cookies for her husband's coworkers and just feeling... Well, we actually talked about it in our holiday episode, not specifically baking cookies, but think about the things that you can cross off your list. And so I decided that baking cookies for my husband's coworkers sounded like a great thing to cross off my list. Right. I'm like, yeah, just bake them for me. That's all. (laughs) And you said what helped you kind of reframe is you realized when you were baking those cookies, you weren't really necessarily baking them for his coworkers. You were baking them for him because it was, it meant something to him that he could share this with his coworkers. He was really proud of what you had done and he was excited to bring them in. And so it almost became like this act of love, this act of service for your, your partner. Yes. He was very sad when I told him that I was going to be crossing that off the list this year. And he was trying to figure out a way to still do it. He was like, I'll just go buy some cookies at a store and put them on a plate. I am like, no, if it's that important to you, I will be baking cookies for you, even though I would like to cross this off my list. But I will bake cookies, yes, as an act of service for you because it's very important to you. Yeah, and that's what I thought about with the dishes. I was like, well, it is not important to me that these dishes get done tonight, but it was important to him. I did them. He got up for work and left before I was awake. He sent me a little text with these little hearts because he woke up and saw that the dishes were done and thanked me for doing them. And it mattered to him. Yeah. What I think is that if you have a partner who is frustrated because you are not as organized or frustrated about your clutter or your zones to pause, find out what is the most important thing. Come at it from a place of, hey, I'm hearing this is important to you. I'm feeling overwhelmed by the idea of working on all of this at once. What is feeling most important to you? And then come up with a plan around that. I know that it's really important that there aren't dishes in the sink overnight. So that is something that I have acknowledged. He's said those words to me. And I think that that's a reasonable request. Yeah, that's tip number two, which is focus on the most important space or thing. So find the priority. Find that one area that you can come together on. Maybe you can't work on all your clutter, but you can work on that one thing that's really important to them. So our third tip, which is coming from somebody who's very annoyed at their partner for not being organized, focus on the positive. Sometimes 
we are so focused on their clutter. Oh, they're so disorganized. And then that's all you can see. You just walk in and see the clutter. You walk in and see what you're annoyed at. So it takes some work, but decide to focus on the positive side because organization is not their strength. However, we all know they have other strengths that you can focus on. And yes, they are disorganized, but focus on the things that you love about them because it's so easy for us to just come in the house and just ruminate on this disorganization and this clutter and then that's all you can think about and it doesn't move you forward nobody wants to be nagged all the time about their clutter it doesn't help the situation if you've ever nagged your partner and it never got you anywhere you know it doesn't work so you can decide to stop and focus on the positive and you'll be surprised at how you're able to walk into your home and yes maybe you have to have blinders on and maybe that's not exactly your dream space but you're sharing this space with another person so there is some give and take that needs to happen and I think it's important to say we are talking about this from a place of we've mentioned before if you're in your partnership dynamics there is somebody who is just meticulous and is almost compulsive about how neat it is that's a different situation or if it's somebody who is cluttered to the point of hoarding that's a different situation and you may need to get outside resources or outside help but if it's that you're leaving the dishes overnight or your desk is a mess and cluttered, these things that are fixable, you know, you can build a way to talk about it in a way where one of you is not getting defensive and one of you is not getting angry or resentful that they're not cleaning up fast enough. Mm-hmm. So that leads us to our fourth point, which is to create a space where disorganization is okay. If the clutter does bother you, find a place where they can be disorganized. Maybe they have an office and in their office, that's where it's disorganized or their desk and hopefully you can shut the door and that's their own space. You don't need to worry about getting it organized for them. It could be bins if they have a collection or like pick up three bins where everything is in one area. It doesn't necessarily have to be organized, but this is their designated space for whatever their collection is that they need to store so that you're able to focus on the things that you can control. You can't have them get rid of stuff that they don't want to get rid of, but you are able to limit it to a space. Right. And I think having almost the why behind you want that area clean When we've talked about the flat surfaces that I'm trying to keep clean in my home, I know that it's fine if I'm going to spread out on the counter and be doing work and have my laptop there and everything, but I know, okay, I'm going to make the effort to move the things, and even if they're just piled up on my desk, they're off of that surface because Eric and I have had conversations about how it's really nice to have that area clean so we can sit there and have our dinner together and we're not, you know, navigating piles. So maybe your partner, especially with a lot of folks working at home right now, maybe the dining table is something where you don't have a separate office, but there's everything piled up on the dining table. Well, if you have those bins where at the end of the day, everything gets moved into those bins and they're put to the side. So yes, there is a space where that disorganization can happen and where they feel like they don't have their belongings constantly watched of like, oh, why are these papers still out? Nope. The area is clear. You've put it in this space and you've already decided that that is going to be the area where those papers, even if it feels like a mess to you, lives. I think that's a good point, especially because we've talked about it with you, that there's a different tolerance level of clutter. Yes, yes. So what you feel looks 
fine, he might look at that as clutter. So I like that idea of focusing on the why and understanding that your idea of what's organized and someone else's idea are going to be different. That's why I don't work with clients who are not bothered by their clutter because if they don't feel that that's a problem, there's no reason to find a solution to it because it doesn't bother them. Right. And just like in the last episode, 89, we talked about sentimental. I was fine with that stuff just kind of living up there in those deep cabinets because I knew where it was. It was all contained. It wasn't bothering me. But it was bothering Eric because he felt like he didn't have room to store the things that we wanted to store, like our sleeping bags, like our camping equipment, the things that he felt needed a home. And I'm like, oh, but that stuff's fine behind the chair. (laughs) But it wasn't. It needed a home. You know, I think really figuring out why is it important that we get this area clear? What can we do together and what can we prioritize? So we're not saying everything has to be tackled at once. Yes. So we've been talking about helping your partner get organized or working with a partner who is disorganized. We now want to talk about a great email that we got from Julie on the same topic, more about helping to get your family on board with getting organized. So Julie emailed and asked, can you point me in the right direction as far as getting the whole family on board to regularly declutter? My kids never let me throw anything away, so I always feel like I'm going behind their back when I do. When I asked my daughter, almost 12, to sort through some papers, I've been sorting through mountains of them in the basement. She's a prolific crafter. She says, I have better things to do with my time. Like, Mm. I don't. Arg. (laughs) I understand Julie's frustration, especially working with older kids in those teenage years or getting closer to those. You have several of them. (laughs) I do. I have two girls. So this topic, working with older kids or getting your family on board, is kind of a different topic than getting a partner on board because obviously you're still able to work in their lives and and help build a skill that can be learned about getting organized. So (laughs) the first thing that I want to talk about is when you are working on getting organized and decluttering is to remember that it is a skill, but also how overwhelming it can be. I mean, it's overwhelming to us as adults. So a pile of stuff feels very overwhelming to a kid also. And maybe the pile doesn't feel that overwhelming to you and take a step back and look at it from their eyes and and showing them, hey, we got to go through this pile. That sounds no fun. So taking a moment to, to see it from their point of view sometimes allows you to work with a little bit more grace when you're working with them. So Autumn, I really love what you said that organizing and decluttering is a skill that can be learned. And as somebody who is a grown-up and still learning this skill, I am reminded of that constantly, of that this is something that you can learn. And so it may feel frustrating that your kiddo isn't picking up after themselves or isn't getting rid of things, but it's showing you, wait, they need help. They need support and training in this area. And it's something that I can help teach them. Yes. Think about, Bethany, when you were a beginner teacher and think about how much more organized and efficient you've become as a more experienced teacher. It's that same skill that you're learning. And I'm sure a lot of people have also experienced that in their workplace. You learn the more efficient ways to stay organized so that you're able to get your job done. When you're working with kids, think about that long term. You're teaching them skills that they can take with them into adulthood. So that gives you a long-term perspective to not get so frustrated with that current day of knowing that it's going to take time and some effort. So the first thing to start with, I would focus on instilling those organizing habits into your family. So focus on putting things away after we use them. Have that be a family motto that you're working towards. Also showing them how to make decision about what 
is the next step or the action step that you're going to take on an item like paper. We've talked about this in episode five, kids paper, of your child has a craft paper they're working on. Walk them through, okay, what are we going to do next with this paper? Are you finished with it? Does that mean you want to display it? Are you finished with with it? Do you want to save it like in a keepsake box? Are you still working on it? Okay, then let's find a spot for where we're going to put papers that we're still working on. Or is it just you were working on a skill, you practiced it, you don't need this paper anymore, you can throw it away. So walk through those steps with them. And this is, you know, five minutes at a time when there's things that come into the house, a little toy. Okay, what are you doing with this little toy? Are you still using it? Are you done with it? Are we giving it away? Where is it living in your room? So these organizing skills and habits you're kind of talking through with them the same way you are when you're reading to a child and you're reading them a book who's the main character what are they doing what are they thinking about you're kind of walking through those questions as they're learning how to figure out the narrative of the story this is the same thing that you're doing with different items in your home of thinking about okay where is this going you're forcing them to actually think through where the item lives instead of just putting it down and I think it can also be a flag for you that maybe a system is needed. If you're finding that your kiddo walks in the door and they dump their papers on the counter, well, let's take a second. Maybe we need a little bin where you come in and you put your your papers from your backpack in this little, it always lives in this bin. Or maybe we need a hook for your backpack so it doesn't just get thrown on the floor. Or maybe these little charms we that from this birthday party, you want to save them. Let's get a little a little container for them so we know it has a home. So you're helping to create those systems by seeing what the need is instead of just, wait, my kid just throws this stuff everywhere. Well, wait a second. Do they know even where this goes or what to do with it? And I totally agree, Autumn, that that is something that you have to learn. And so even for me, I'm like, okay, I keep losing my glasses. I know I'll find places where they could be. Right. And that's also teaching them how to come up with solutions for their problem. And that's a great model to walk them through as well. Because of course, we all know there's tons of problems that come up and walking through the different options and then choosing the solution. And then maybe that solution didn't work. Okay, let's go back to the drawing board. What are we going to do next? Yes. Another organizing habit to focus on would be staying on top of those daily chores like you were talking about, Bethany. And a great episode for you to listen to is episode 86 with Clean Mama. We just love her tips on how to get a cleaning routine and getting your kids involved. That's something that's going to help the everyday feel cleaner so that you're able to actually get to this other usually long-term clutter that's just sitting there. So when you're working with your family and you are focusing on those organizing habits, I think that that is a great place to start. Just like we talked about focusing on getting your own clutter in order, focusing on just those organizing habits. If you're doing that, then I think you're doing a great job. And usually the other clutter is kind of sentimental stuff that you'll be able to get to in the future. I think that's a great tip that you're looking at these habits and if as a family people are putting things away after you use them, that's going to already dramatically cut down on the clutter. If you're really supporting your kiddo on making decisions about what the next step is for an item, you're going to be solving those problems and finding new homes for things and giving them that skill and you're also practicing that for yourself 
I know I've put things down and just left them there because I don't really have a home for them. And I need to stop and think, okay, where does this actually live? Where does this go? And obviously the clean out mama episode, I'm so glad you referenced that autumn because I just love the way she breaks things down and makes these things that could feel really overwhelming, really manageable. Yes, I agree. And I think that's really important because if you are talking with your family and saying, we have too many toys, we have too much stuff, there's no steps that they can take with those statements. Your kids have no clue what to say when you tell them you have too many toys. That feels like, okay, mom, thanks. What am I supposed to do with that? You know, you're one of the reasons I have all these toys. So (laughs) focusing on those habits can work on getting your home more organized with concrete steps. So thinking back about Julie's question, though, so her daughter, she said she's a prolific crafter. She's got all of these different projects. It could be those more sentimental items or items she hasn't made decisions about. So what could she do about that? Yes. So when you are working with older kids, especially, the last thing that you want to do is feel like you're throwing things away behind their back. So it is really important to get them involved and to get their buy-in. And one of the ways to do that is to start with talking about why you're doing that. So thinking about your own kids, think about what would connect with them. So why are you going through these craft papers in the first place? To a child, having the papers there in a pile or a box hasn't really been a big deal. So why are we doing this now? So going back to what is the why? Are we moving? Do we want to get this organized so that you have more room to do future crafts? Do we want to make a keepsake box? So you need to come up with a why, maybe including your child, ask them what would be important to them. Part of it too could be teaching them that if this is something that matters to you, if these crafts that you made are important to you, then we need to treat them like that. Like Peter Walsh says, we need to treat them with respect and they could get damaged if they're just in a pile in the basement. And so if they're important to you and you want to keep them, let's find a home for them instead of just letting them pile up. Yes. The next tip for working with older kids is to go back to that idea that it does feel overwhelming to look at a giant pile of papers. So just start with small baby steps. So for Julie and her daughter with the crafts, I would recommend just asking her to sort papers with you for 10 minutes only. Again, going back to that 10-minute idea. It is. It works for There's most things. to it. That's right. So that way she knows, okay, we're not spending our whole day going through papers because that's the last thing any kid wants to do. You can preface it with, okay, we're going to start a keepsake box. So you're able to show, take these keepsakes with you when you leave the house. Like let's spend 10 minutes today going through this pile. And it's really important that if you're saying that to your child, that when 10 minutes are over, you're stopping. Don't get carried away because I know I myself can do this because I'm like ready to keep going. If you've said we're going to work for 10 minutes, stay strict. When that 10 minutes is over, say, great, great job. We're done for today. We'll work on it again tomorrow. And they're probably going to be more willing to work on it tomorrow if you really held to that 10 minutes. Yes, exactly. That's why you're staying strict. Don't push it and say, okay, let's just work a little bit more because then you're not a person of your word and they don't want to work with you again for 10 minutes because they know it's going to be longer than that. So during that 10 minutes, I would focus on making three different piles similar to when you're organizing any space. So a keep pile, a toss pile, and then a display pile. As you're going through your papers, I would focus on asking them specific questions. So back in episode 89, we talked about asking questions why you're keeping certain sentimental items. 
So you can do that same version with older kids as you're helping them go through keepsake stuff. So do you want to display these crafts either on a bulletin board or like on a shelf if it's trophies? Was it a fun memory that you want to remember? Maybe you want to work on collecting all your memories together and make a memory book with them. Is it something that you want to use in the future so you're going to take it with you? Do you want to save it so that you can see it when you're older or when you have kids? So focusing on the why you're keeping something, again, is a really important thing to do so that you know what to do with it next. Yeah, and they may not have, just like when you and I were were going through the sentimental items, I didn't have answers to the questions right away. I did have to stop and think about it. And your kiddos may not have answers to the questions right away, but it's a good exercise to practice thinking through why are they holding on to it. And there could be items that you set to the side and say, okay, well, let's come back to this. you know. And they may figure out a reason they want to keep it later or be willing to let it go later. I think we did ask similar questions like this about Wendy. And I believe that's when we came up with it. You were going to say goodbye to her. Well, exactly. And so, like I just said, you may put something to the side and not be willing to part with it. But you're going to be surprised that you have answers to more things than you think. Yes. And I think contrary to my own actions, I think this is a perfect time to not push your kids too much, especially if this is the first time doing this type of exercise with your kids, this decluttering. If they want to keep something and you think it's silly, like just let them keep it for now. They're going to be learning as you're doing this decluttering with them. So maybe the next time you go through something, they're going to realize, oh, I never used this or it wasn't really that important to keep. And and they might get rid of it in the future. Try to give them that grace that I'm not giving Bethany of learning. Because just like any skill that you learn, sometimes it's messy and sometimes it's slow and you're learning as you're going. Well, and I also think sometimes there was a shirt that I am still a little attached to, but I'll be real, the shirt didn't fit me. It didn't fit me. It's not going to fit me. And it doesn't come in a larger size. And you know what? It was time to let it go. Well, Autumn sent a picture of her daughter wearing the shirt, and it was so sweet because her daughter loved the shirt. And it did take away some of the sting of letting it go. And so sometimes it could be that you're teaching your kiddos, hey, if we have these five stuffed animals, if we were going to get rid of any of them, which ones would they be? And where could their next home be? Maybe this amorphous like, get rid of it feels too overwhelming. You're worried about Wendy ending up in the kitchen trash. Yeah. But you might, you know, have a particular shelter or a particular children's group that you're able to donate it to or to cousins, you rotate toys. You know, there are there are options. Also, there are differences with kids too. Some kids are going to want to keep more items than others. So remembering that each child is different in your family and that allowing some kids to keep more because they enjoy, you know, more of these memories is okay. Another thing to remember is right after those 10 minutes are up, focus on the positive because again, we are teaching them this new skill. So focus on look how much we were able to get through in 10 minutes or focus on the time went by really quickly or that you were able to find like hidden gems in the pile that we didn't even know was there and that you're able to display them. Finding the positive things that happened during that 10 minutes so they are ready to work with you again for 10 minutes the next day. 
And then the last thing that can help working with older kids is to set a limit. So yes, you can keep those items and everything needs to fit in this bin or these three bins or whatever you decide. So for instance, if you're doing craft items, whatever your craft space allows you to keep, this is where it all needs to fit. Let's figure out how we can make that happen. And so using your space or your containers to allow you to set limits to kind of keep the unnecessary items at bay. Most of all, remember, and I know we've been saying this a lot throughout the episode, but you're teaching these skills to your children. So just like learning any new skill, it's messy and sometimes it's slow and sometimes you might be going backwards first before you start going forward again. They might not take all of these organizing skills with them when they become an adult, but you know that you have laid a foundation so that they will continue to know how to manage stuff when they leave your home. You referenced this earlier, Autumn, but I want to make sure we also reference way back in episode five, we talked about kids' paper. And Autumn, you had a lot of great ideas of how you navigate three kiddos' papers in your home. Also in episode 32, we talked about five tips to conquer kids' clutter. Those are both episodes that can give you more ideas about how to navigate all the stuff that sometimes comes along with kiddos. Yes. So if you have any other questions about getting your kids organized or your family in general, we'd love to hear them. You can email us hello at adbpodcast.com or you can leave us a voicemail 858-480-SPACE, 858-480-7722. Thank you also to those who have subscribed and left a review. Reviews help us get the word out about the podcast and they also make our day. Autumn, I have to tell you something. Yes, what? Debbie just left us a review, and in it, she says, one, that we're a great team. She says she learns a lot from us, and you know what? She says I have the best laugh. I am going to tell my husband that because I don't know if he agrees with that. (laughs) Thanks, Debbie. I agree. I think you do have a great laugh, and I think you'd be surprised. Oh, I'm going to ask him tonight. Thanks, Debbie, for leaving that review. We read them all, and they mean a lot, so please do leave a review. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at A to B Podcast, so if you're not following us there, please check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Bye. So did you listen to episode 89? We talked about sentimental items. Today is a little bit of a continuation. No, that's not true. No, not really. No, take that off.